welcome to The Get Together. It's our show about the nuts and bolts, the ins and outs, the meat and potatoes of community building. I'm your host, Bailey Richardson. What's up, Bailey? Yo, I'm a partner at People & Company. I'm also the co-author of Get Together, How to Build a Community with Your People, which is now available on Amazon. That was snazzy. Thank you. That was nice. I'm Kevin Huynh, another partner at People & Company, another co-author of that book on Amazon. Woohoo! It was a bestseller. Yes! That's a brag. Humble brag. Yeah, right. whatever. I'm Sorry. proud. <laughs> Mom's proud. Thanks, Mom. Each episode, we interview everyday people who have built extraordinary communities about just how they did it. How did they do it? How did they get the first people to show up? How? How did they grow to thousands more members? How? Today, we're talking <laughs> to Camille Ricketts. She is the superstar head of marketing for Notion. Notion. If you know what Notion is, you are likely obsessed with it. But if you don't, <laughs> here's our best shot at explaining the software. Notion is an all-in-one workspace for note-taking, project management, and task management. Most importantly, Notion is kind of like this modular tool. People can remix and reuse the templates the company offers to create their own powerful, personalized tools. And that's where the community comes in. We use Notion. Yeah. We do use Notion. People and company use Notion. We manage our pipeline in Notion. That, that was one of the most business things I've said on this podcast. Probably. Manage your pipeline. All right, continue. Capitalism revealed. <laughs> Kevin, Kai, and I all have roots and amigos in the Bay Area. And when we are rubbing elbows with folks in tech out there, so many we're, elbows. Always, <laughs> we're always curious about who in tech is using a digital platform to connect people in interesting, innovative, authentic ways. And recently, a large number of people we respect have started singing the praises of Notion and Camille. So we are super stoked to have her on the podcast. Yeah. Since she started as head of marketing over at Notion, she and her team have invested in Notion super users, swelling their ranks and meetup numbers in the name of educating even more Notion curious people about what the platform is capable of. When I first took the job, I was on Twitter every day, seeing like how many mentions of Notion there were and the way that people were talking about it. And I saw people making comments like, this app saves my life, or I'm obsessed, or Notion, will you marry me? I saw that this existed across multiple platforms, just organic. We had maybe like 3,000, 4,000 people on a subreddit. There was word about a Slack group called Notion Hacks. And over the course of just the first month I was there, I saw these groups become, you know, many thousands of people. And then it became, for us, all about, okay, who are the folks that are standing out in all of these different arenas and how do we bring them into our fold so they feel really connected to us and even better equipped to tell their story and our story to more people? Kevin, what stuck out to you about our conversation today with Camille? You know, first thing I loved from our conversation was sort of the spirit of cultivation. She wasn't hired in the role of head of marketing with his expectation of really investing in cultivating a community, but it was from listening to what was happening naturally among users of Notion that really inspired this work from, you know, early on hearing how there was almost this fanatical, like, I'm obsessed with this product or Notion, will you marry me? Sort of language <laughs> being shared about, you know, by these users. And then also, you know, hearing about a workshop of 60 people in South Korea that's, you know, sharing how they use Notion to seeing how other people were setting up groups and sites to share their hacks. It wasn't this like master plan, but it was 
Camille and her team seeing what was happening and starting to feed it and starting to codify it. You know, they're at, not at a huge scale right now with their pros program, that super users program, but they really are, you know, at host. I think every day this week, there will be a Notion meetup somewhere in the world. They've sort of taken their time a little bit to test, to pilot, to see what works. And I think they're at this position where they can really scale up very quickly. Like I wouldn't be surprised in short order if we heard about, you know, hundreds of these events and, you know, all of these other pieces of their community happening at a very large scale very soon. Yeah, absolutely. We So many times we call this out in the interview, but we have clients who feel like they might be able to invest in a community, like it's burgeoning, yes. there's energy. And that step of going from meetup number one to meetup like number five or 10 is like you have a lot of learnings in that first yeah. phase. And so we're really excited to talk to Camille as that's like recent history for her and her team about how they thought about yeah. doing that. The one thing I want to also add is, and we talk about this at the end of the episode, just how perhaps this community is affecting the company culture. And she just shares this one anecdote about a co-founder responding to this, you know, question inside of a fan group. But, you know, when we talk to different companies in particular that are thinking about investing in a community, we like to say that there are just many reasons you might do so, whether it's to gather more customer feedback, whether it is to invest in a more authentic type of marketing but I would just say, don't forget what's possible effect a community can have on your staff. The sort of the check that happens when you start to collaborate Checks and balances. with customers, with users, with stakeholders in this sort of way, and you really have to listen to them. It isn't an easy path, but you know when you really are, when you really have that type of pulse with the people you're trying to serve, I think it really does something among your team and how your team operates and how they make decisions. Yeah, great. All right, let's jump in. Let's go, Camille. Camille, welcome to the podcast. We are stoked to have you. Appreciate hello, hello. you giving us your time. Hello. I want to start out by asking you, a lot of people talk about the work that you did previous to coming to Notion. You absolutely built one of the most remarkable sort of like content, communication, extremely useful machines of sharing information that's probably in all of Silicon Valley right now. And you could wow. really, I would imagine, I mean, this is what people say behind your back, you know? I'm, uh, wow. <laughs> I'm blushing over here. My God. <laughs> Thank you. But you built something truly remarkable over there. And when you left, I feel like you probably could have gone a lot of places and maybe many offerings in front of you. So why did you decide to go work at Notion? Like what makes it a different place to work, a remarkable place to work? What drew you in? Yeah. Well, I will say that Notion is unlike any place that I've ever been, mm. maybe unlike any other place on the planet, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> the thing that really drew me was the founder. And I know that a lot of people say that and a lot of people are like, oh, it's all about the people. But I had the benefit of knowing Ivan Zhao, the CEO, for four years, I think, prior to making this decision to join them because they had been a first round company. And I remember going to their office and he poured me tea and we sat down and we talked about how important story was going to be to the overarching success of the company. And that was at like the very kernel of the very beginning. And that is extremely unusual for founders. And I just found his thoughtfulness, his affect, his commitment to the history of computing and Notion's place in that to be like crazy fascinating. So then four years go by and every so often I check in with him, see how it's going. He shares what's up with them. And so when it came time to make a decision, he was honestly already at the top of my list because he 
just demonstrated over the course of time how differently he thought about things. And he's built a company that has totally reflected that from like every stick of furniture in the place to the way we do talk about what this software actually does in a broader sense than that it just being software. All right. Sounds like Ivan aggressively knew what he was doing when he sat you down and poured you tea <laughs> and told you about the importance of storytelling. So it sounds like a visionary dude. Yes. So now you run marketing at Notion and that encompasses, like you said, some of this storytelling piece, like telling the story of Notion to the world. And that's something that you have a really strong background in as a writer and similar to the work you did at First Round. It was taking insights, taking stories, taking useful information and sharing it out with the world. You now also have folded in in underneath you and your umbrella of work this idea of community and investing in the notion community can you tell me what some of the first signals that you guys as a company saw that gave you guys a sense that there it might be worth investing in connecting people who use the platform or creating a sense of community between users how did that first show up Yeah. Well, first of all, it was interesting to step into a company with all of this content background and expertise and then realize that the most valuable content that we could create wouldn't be from us. Mm -hmm. Like it would come from the people who are the ones using the software, who are like wildly enthusiastic about it. They're going to tell us that the baby's beautiful. We're not going to have to say that our own (laughs) baby is beautiful. Like all of that resonates so much more. So it was interesting coming from a perspective where I was like, oh, I'll just write a bunch of great stories about how this software works and realized that that was probably not going to be as resonant and needing to Mm. divert a lot more efforts into helping other people get the word out, sort of fueling this machine. How did you make that realization? I think a lot of people never get there. Yeah. So actually, when I first took the job for like the month between me accepting the offer and me starting, I was on Twitter every day, like and not just Twitter, like TweetDeck, like seeing like how many mentions of Notion there were and the way Mm. that people were talking about it. Mm. And I saw people making comments like this app saves my life or I'm obsessed or Notion, will you marry me? Or like there was just this wild sort of cultish in the best possible way um, hype that existed around it. And when I took a closer look after joining, I saw that this existed across multiple platforms just organically. Like I think when I stepped into the role, we had maybe like 3,000, 4,000 people on a subreddit. I had heard that somebody had just started a Discord. There was word about a Slack group called Notion Hacks. And over the course of just the first month I was there, I saw these groups become, you know, many thousands of people. And then it became for us all about, okay, who are the folks that are standing out in all of these different arenas and how do we bring them into our fold so they feel really connected to us and even better equipped to tell their story and our story to more people. Can you tell me about the South Korean community as well? <laughs> this is something yes. that I'm, I'm on the inside with, but I can understand this is a really, I think notion for people who are digitally savvy, they can yes. do so much with it. And I would imagine it makes a lot of sense for people to share templates online with each other to use Twitter to communicate, to use Reddit and Discord to communicate. But in South Korea early on, you saw an incredible like meetup happening, Mm -hmm. right? Can you tell me about that group and what they were like and why they were getting together in person? Yeah, these are some incredible people. There's about three of them. And I remember the two that I'll mention are Silky and Haybaum. And um, they reached out to me very early on just to say, hey, we saw that you joined. We're thinking about 
writing a book. Like literally this is like my second month on the job. I have these people writing me saying like, we want to write a book about Notion. It's going to be a textbook about how to use the product and then all of the great things that people are using it for. And that blew my mind. Yeah, Um, you're like, that would be an investment (laughs) of like 50 to 100K and headcount and like all these things if you wanted to do that in-house minimum and you have people out there doing it for you in the world. Absolutely. And they were asking me whether we they could use our illustrations for it or if I could confirm that certain information was correct. And I was like, of course, yeah, here you go. And I think that one of the things that... Um, I didn't know I was doing right, I guess, early on. And maybe I I still have more to learn in this arena, but I didn't want to put a ton of restrictions on that type of activity. I didn't want to say, no, these illustrations belong to us. No, like this is, we need to draw these limitations. I think that there's a a certain amount of advantage that comes from saying like, okay, let's see how, let's look through the possible liabilities. And if there aren't really that many, then let's go for it. Let's just see how this works. Um, And let's empower people to talk about us in all of these different ways. Mm. And yeah, and then the same people who wrote the book also said, and by the way, we have a 60 person workshop that we're running at a, I think it was Seoul's Facebook office. And then we got pictures of that meetup and it really occurred to us that there was a lot more that we could do there. And we just asked them, hey, what is everything we can do to support you? Whether that's giving you content, helping you with these events, subsidizing smaller events, uh, anything along those lines. It's interesting to hear you talk about your willingness to let other people kind of take it and take some piece of your brand, some piece of, you know, your community and give them freedom to run with it, remix it. Because I I feel like from my experience in design forward companies and also just people who come from journalistic backgrounds, there's more of a desire to polish things and to like Mm -hmm. have things seem quite perfect and baked and precise. And I'm the type of person that's like, let's see what happens out there when like (laughs) you just pass it to someone else. But yeah, yeah, like, was that a hard decision to make? Or were you kind of just, how did you feel comfortable with letting these people run with it? Yeah, it was a hard decision to make in some respect because Notion, the brand itself and every expression of the brand that comes from us is very polished, very considered. We spend a lot of time choosing words. We spend a lot of time creating visuals that are going to tell a precise story. So this was definitely a departure from that. At the same time, the software that we make is all about equipping people to create anything that they want and really helping people run with a set of tools that are going to feel intuitive to them. So it seemed really in line with the spirit of what we're trying to enable you know, give people everything that they needed in order to show us what the apotheosis of their creativity is on the product. Tell me a bit about sort of the process and the decision to start making it more official. Because I know now there have been many meetups and there's, you know, a little bit more of a program. So talk to me about that sort of evolution from seeing this sort of thing happening. And then, as you said, like giving more tools and starting to enable it and thinking about how it can grow. Yeah, Um, Well, first off, I gained more capacity because I was able to contract a young man named Ben Lang, who was actually running a Notion fan site called NotionPages.com. And I discovered NotionPages.com because it was the number one product on Product Hunt the day that it launched. Wow. Which is ridiculous to see. This is community inception. It's like concentric circles of communities on the internet. (laughs) I mean, when you see a fan site being 
championed product on a platform like Product Hunt, you also know something really special is going on. Yeah. So when I took a closer look at it, all he was doing, um, for the most part, was curating creations that other people had made and then providing an easy way to discover things and understand mm. a little bit about what was going on. And he had already become kind of a cult figure among this community in a lot of ways. People knew who he was. He was on Twitter answering questions. And so it was kind of a no-brainer for me to be like, we need this guy. <laughs> so I, I ended up with a lot more capacity than I would have had otherwise because he did come on initially as a contractor to create the Notion Pros program, which we kicked off in my second month on the job, which was kind of a more vetted process to take all of these fans and figure out who were the super fans who actually wanted to contribute their time. And so it really was, we tried to create some process and some more program around it in order to really suss out who we could lean on and who would be excited to be leaned on. And so we had an application process and we're super stunned to get 300 or so applications wow. really fast for about 20 spots for Notion Pros. And then the challenge for me and Ben was to figure out, you know, what we could ask them to do, what they were excited to do, whether events were the thing, whether creating content was the thing. So that, that's that been fascinating. And now Ben works for us full time on that side of things. We have a whole community team that is all about providing support, but he's really driving our efforts to whip up a lot of events and a lot of fervor around everything we could be doing. Yeah. I want to ask about two sort of specific things in this early stage. The first is with the application process, you know, and you said you were looking for a small group to start testing and figuring this out with. What did you look for in the people you first picked to kind of craft what it meant to be a pro? And as you said, those sort of sort of like asks and shared activities that they might organize. Yeah. So we knew we wanted people with really accurate product knowledge. We wanted people who were going to be able to teach and be really qualified and compelling teachers. Like that is the core competency we really hope to extend with the program is can we find a lot of people who are going to be able to help others really get oriented? And so the application process asked a few questions around product knowledge to make sure that those people really did have an advanced sense of how to use the product. You guys did a product pop quiz on people. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Oh, genius. Yeah. That is um, genius. It's also, it's very important to us that if we are giving it, handing anyone a megaphone, that they're talking about the product in the right ways and helping people learn good habits and also giving people an accurate sense of, of their potential with it. So that was part of the application process, as well as, you know, asking them, like, what personal skills do you have to leverage to maybe, you know, bring into this ecosystem? And a lot of them had, you know, YouTube skills, or a lot of them had event planning skills. And were we able to lean into those a little bit more in order to express Notion in different ways across the board with their help? How many people did you pick from the first 300? We picked 20 and uh, we put them all in a Slack group. And Ben is in the Slack group pretty much all day long, answering questions, celebrating their achievements, ideating on new ways that they can get involved, helping promote their events, all kinds of stuff. How did you decide on that number of 20? What was the instinct to keep it maybe small? And how are you thinking about that number now? Yeah, honestly, it was such an experiment at the beginning because Notion had done nothing like that before that we wanted to pick a number of people where if it just totally didn't work, we had sort of deniable plausibility around. <laughs> well, you know, we gave it a shot. Very few people were affected. <laughs> Um, you know, we don't have to worry about this being taking place on a grander stage. We wanted people who we knew were going to be a little bit forgiving or willing to help us work out the details sort of in concert with mm -hmm. us. And we felt that 20 was going to be a more manageable group to facilitate that type of conversation.
One of the things that you had mentioned to me when we spoke before was that you guys tested some of these like format templates for meetups yourselves and have, I'm guessing like work, talk through with the community. Well, what do you guys like to do to get together? And right now you have a resource page where you recommend maybe you want to do something like a coffee or Mm -hmm. yeah, there's a couple different examples of what you offer as like a shared activity for the community. Could you talk about how you came up with those ideas, why you tested them, what you learned? Like this is something that we do with a lot of our clients is we say, yeah. hey, you can have some ideas about what people want to do, but until folks in the real world <laughs> actually try them or you, your company actually try <laughs> to put them on, you shouldn't be scaling up to like hundreds of people doing this. So yeah, just tell yes. us about your instincts about testing these formats and, and how you went about doing that. Yeah, I cannot agree more with that assessment. Our first event ever was in San Francisco at our old office. We invited 50 or so people. Ben really led the charge on a lot of the coordination and planning. We had three speakers Two, speaking about a personal use case, like habit development, how to journal, that kind of thing. And then we had the CEO of Superhuman talking about how to use it in a team environment. And we thought, okay, great. You know, people are going to learn from these folks, like best practices or sort of interesting, more innovative ways to apply Notion. But it turned out that most people were really excited or were under the impression that they were going to come and be able to show off what they had built and also have kind of a more intimate forum to talk about what other people had built. So then the second iteration that Ben led completely on his own in New York built in more of that time for folks, still kept kind of a speaker format, but we were, you know, tiptoeing into how might we best engineer an event to give people more of this communal experience. We got even stronger feedback out of that one that this was the case. So the third pass that we did at this was in LA, where we basically broke the group into small breakout groups based on theme, and then even had people rotate sort of halfway through the evening so that they could even see more from each other. But essentially, like, sit with their laptops on their laps, facing the group of people, being like, here's what I've built, and here's why I'm excited about it. And we got really good feedback from kind of this unconference format, so to speak. So that's how we firmed up the different options you talked about on our community page. And then also just observing that not everybody has the ability to invite 50 people the way that Notion does. So what are ways to take those learnings and port them over to groups of different sizes. Yeah. Yeah. That zooms in a little bit on the motivation behind people wanting to participate in the Notion community. Like you talked to me about how the atomic unit of the Notion community, which I really liked, was sharing something that you've built or learning about a tool or like a hack that someone else has built. And can you just like a psychographic landscape of like, (laughs) what kind of people does this serve? And why are those people so valuable to you as a company? Like what's, what are their motivations? Yeah, I would say that our, our most popular group personas are engineers, product people, designers. And then on the personal side, sort of the B2C side, people who are interested in personal development, people who want to document a lot of things in their own lives. They love to track habits. They love to quantify themselves. They really love to journal. There's a whole community of bullet journalers on Notion that's like taken off in its own right, which is amazing. <laughs> Sounds like Kevin. Kevin has a has a journal.doc that you have had for how long? That's the same Microsoft Word document? Yeah, it's definitely not a bullet 
journal. It's just a Microsoft Word doc I've had for over 20 years. Wow. That's <laughs> incredible. <Same> Searchable. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's like the oldest entry is like at the top. So I always scroll through. It's like, my brother didn't let me play Whoa. Zelda today. I hate him. Oh my God. <laughs> 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 and then I it love goes all the way so through you know, every relationship, every big trip, all that sort of stuff. You realize if you wrote a Medium post about this, it would get like a million views. It? <laughs> Only if Camille tweets about it. Boom. No. <laughs> you heard it here. I'll hold you to I'm it. I'm flattered. <laughs> no, if you ever want to write that Medium post, I'm here. I'm here for it. <laughs> People love that. People love that type of content. Oh my God. So yeah, I'd say that is absolutely the t- atomic unit of what inspires people about Notion is the fact that they can build almost anything, that here's a piece of software that is finally truly a blank canvas that they can populate with their hopes and dreams and data arranged however they want. And so everybody's setup is different and every setup is a personal expression. And there's just not that many pieces of software that you can say that about. And so we're really like harnessing that, I think, as the core of the community interaction. That's interesting because I feel like sometimes Sometimes there are communities that really do form around the product, like what is possible with the product and what you might do with it. And then there are some communities that are a little bit kind of adjacent to it. It isn't about that personal finance product per se, but it's about navigating your personal finances in general. And not to say that this is not about what people can create, but it does feel like the Notion community really does feel quite close to this tool. And it is at the end of the day about the tool. It isn't a broad sort of personal development community. It's kind of what this tool can enable. Yes, I would say that that is accurate. I think that there's something about the aesthetic and the spaciousness of the product experience that has really inspired that to a large degree. Like when I think about, and I've even asked directly our community in South Korea, like, what is it that you think has fanned the flames of this passion? And they say that it is the aesthetic, that it just Mm -hmm. so matches the sensibility of wanting to build something that like is truly going to communicate something about yourself and the way you want to live your life. It's interesting because Kevin, first community like that you worked on that really grew quite fast, had a lot of designers in it, Creative Mornings. And Instagram yeah. also had a lot of like design first people involved. And it's a really handy group of people to have who are like organizing events like on behalf of your brand, because they're usually like pretty on top of like organizational tools and things like that and communicating. And also they're like visually sensitive. And so it's like a really beneficial group. (laughs) Exactly. And like you said, I'm sure it was easier to let this South Korean group make a book because they probably had really excellent like chops with like making graphics or like putting something together. And that's such Send you a photo of the book because the cover is so beautiful. The illustrations are so gorgeous. I think, as I mentioned to you, it became a meme a little bit to to find the book at a bookstore and then take your photo and then tweet tweet the photo of you with the book, which is also kind of amazing. I love that. But yeah, I think that designers are such wonderful people to have in our court because, yeah, they're able to build incredibly compelling, beautiful things that inspire other people. So what's the state of the community today? Like how many meetups are there? What does the program look like? Yeah, last week was actually our first week where we had a meetup somewhere in the world every single day of the week. And that included in Seoul, Warsaw, a few other places. I wish I had the calendar in front of me. But I think we have about 10 more events lined up just in October alone. And then already around five or six in November. And we post them all on our slash community website. And now we're starting actually to see a lot of online events. So somebody who's a Notion pro started Notion Nation, which uh, is, I think every so often she'll do 
what's essentially a webinar where she's talking to people live who can attend. And then one of these Notion pros, Marie Poulin, who's just like blowing my mind, is hosting official office hours now for us every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific, wow. where she chooses a topic. We give her full creative license. She's having guests on. It's like a show. Amazing. <laughs> and we're just seeing subscribership for this bump up every single week. Already we have, I think, 600 people registered for Friday's event. And we haven't even really promoted it on Twitter. So how do you, I'm curious, I think there's a lot of like CMO type people who see this like community investment as like one piece of many things that they do. How do you, like what specific role do you see it play? And how do you think about as someone who's overseeing like a number of different teams working on a lot of different ways that Notion expresses itself to the world and communicates to the world? Like how do you understand it amidst like the portfolio of things that you also need to choose to invest in or not? Yeah, I think I'm very surprised that it's quickly become the elephant in the room for me in terms of our overall marketing strategy. I don't know if I would have anticipated that when I first accepted the role, but it's really clear now that not only are we seeing a very obvious trajectory of individual users moving into team use in a way that's, you know, lifetime valuable for the company and therefore valuable for us to invest in that individual experience. But I think just the way that people want to experience this product is very visual and very communal and that a robust community program is the best way to serve those masters. So I've spent a lot of my time, even to the exclusion of doing a lot of content that comes from Notion, which is honestly my core competency. So I actually haven't spent that much time in this role so far doing the thing I think that they hired me for, ironically, Mm. because I've loved working with Ben to set up this side of the business. And then I think over the next few months, we're actually going to start flipping the switch on our own content and feel that this community is now a really wonderful distribution network for whatever it is that we do create. Kev, do you want to ask some questions about any challenges or those kinds of questions? Yeah, I'm curious just what's on your mind today with you know, how the community is growing, you know, are you facing any challenges? Or is there anything sticking in your brain that you're trying to sort through? Yeah, I mean, to be super, super candid, having a community that feels very close to you also means that they feel much like a family that's very close to you, able to criticize, provide a lot of feedback, ask where features are, (laughs) inquire what we're working on, feel a sense of like us being like tied to them, like we owe them a little bit more of a standard of care. And I completely agree with them. And so being able to scale it while also maintaining that level of intimacy forces us to be really creative. Like we think to ourselves, okay, if we want to keep this growing group of Notion pros feeling like as supported and as empowered as we want them to, how can we do that? So we started doing monthly AMAs. So I did the first one last month and then Ivan just did one this week where people feel like they have true access to us and what we're thinking and what we're working on and why our priorities are the way that they are. And I I think that we're actually going to end up expanding that out after piloting it to do AMAs for, you know, the subreddit or something along those lines. I'd say that the big challenge is just making sure that people do continue to feel like the bond is growing as we grow together and that they are informed, even if the information that we have to provide 
isn't always what they wish to hear. I love that. I feel like I've talked to enough people who have worked in a digital community that grew really quickly. And traditionally, I think companies didn't approach communicating with users in a format like an AMA. You know, it was like crystallized information, choosing what you're going to share and not share. And sometimes you don't share information that you should have or you like misphrase things and Mm -hmm. it can create an erosion of trust. And we had Mm -hmm. that at Instagram with this um, terms of service kerfuffle that happened, which was just like a misunderstanding about what we needed to communicate more about or in a more nuanced way. And you can either guess or you can open the platform up to people's questions and they can tell you what they want to know more about. And I think guessing you'll probably mess up at some point. You'll either not (laughs) not disclose or, you know, like misstate Mm -hmm. something. And I I know there are challenges to being so transparent as well, but I think it's it is really admirable when you have people around the world who are basically like printing books for you and hosting events for you. You know, they're almost employees in a way. They're just like, you know, they're putting so much effort out. So how can you keep them in the loop? I think that's that's quite admirable. Yeah. Thank you. No, that's really good to hear that there's some precedent there too with Instagram. Yeah. Well, we didn't do it quite right. So (laughs) (laughs) good luck with that. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that you learned in a way that then changed behavior down the road. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I think it made us realize what was something that people were really sensitive about that we didn't understand. You know, you can't see all these things magically and imagine other people's sort of realities. Absolutely. Like even yesterday, we had kind of an interesting back and forth where we have a community driven Facebook group that has about 7,000 people in it called Notion Made Simple. Uh, On this Facebook group, this guy raised these questions basically about our rate of iteration on a few features that we have had coming soon for a while. And uh, we flagged it on Slack and Simon Last, who's our co-founder and CTO, volunteered to write a very detailed response about how we are doubling down on a lot of performance improvements and that the philosophy of the technical team really is to get core functionality right before we pursue new flashy features. And the way that he expressed himself was so elegant that the thread on Facebook turned into just a lot of appreciation for the level of honesty and the fact that we took the time to pause and have Simon and personally respond and that that's how much we prioritize the community. Yeah, I I personally think that, you know, when you invest in a community, it can create this really uh, kind of beautiful system of checks to how you are, you know, developing as how you're developing your company culture. And if one is simply optimizing for revenue, whether or not it paves off in that sort of way. But in this way, when you bring in people that are that close and you have, you are able to kind of hear sort of their feedback. So viscerally quickly, it keeps your team accountable in a way that you wouldn't otherwise. Yeah, I think that that's also been the really helpful thing about bringing Ben on board full time is that we have someone who's listening really intently all of the time across all of these communities and he'll surface anything that comes across that's either good or bad in general, the general channel of our Slack so that everyone can consider it and respond to it and figure out how to be deliberate. That's part of his mandate is not just to have this be a one-way thing, but make sure that the voice out there is really resonating with all of us too. Yeah. Yeah. The two-way street. Community building is about two-way street, not the one-way street for sure. Well, final question for you, Camille. 
If I had a magic wand and, you know, I could give you anything that you needed as head of marketing for this community or just like anything in the world this community could have, everybody could like hold this in their hands or have access to this information or I don't know, just sky's the limit. If I could wave a wand right now and give you something for the community, what would it be? Oh gosh. I wish that I had a film crew that is incredibly talented and also talented and also has the magical ability to be everywhere in the world at once. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to go to each of these people's homes and learn about their lives and how Notion fits into them and why it is that they've fallen so in love and see the organic role that we're playing in their lives and their work because there are all these places that I've never been myself, living lives that are very different from mine, and yet we're connected through this thing. And as a storyteller, I just have the urge to be able to surface and tell all those stories to far more mm. people mm. and basically give everyone their dream of being able to share their setup with an infinitely big audience. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Well, Kevin and I both, after he left for Creative Mornings and I left Instagram, just like traveled <laughs> and like did actually meet a lot of the people. And I fully recommend it if you can like figure it out because one of the most wonderful things about doing the work at a company is you're in the center of a wheel and you get to meet people all around the world. And my mom used to say that to me all the time. She was like, it's crazy. You have friends all around the world, you know, and that work is in my rear view mirror, but I still have people that I can message like almost in any city. And it's such a remarkable thing to have in your life, like separate of your career, you know, but just as a modern human being, it's so wild. That's amazing. I aspire to that level where I Great. can be anywhere and know someone. <laughs> <laughs> the drone just picks you up by the neck, carries you to the next place. It's coming. Exactly. <laughs> Rad. Well, Camille, thank you so much for your time. Thank we you. really appreciate it. It was great talking to you. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been an honor. Yeah. Sweet. If you want to get involved with Notion, go to their website, notion.so, or pop into the App Store and download their app. You can also follow Camille on Twitter at Camille Ricketts. That's two L's in Camille and Ricketts, R-I-C-K-E-T-T-S. Two L's, two T's. Two T's. In my mind, I always say notion.so. 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 I don't know many other .so. I was thinking the other day that I, I could think of maybe some other .so's. Yeah. Kevin.so slash cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, 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 my, so. so my random question for you, is so, there so a part of your life that you are, after this interview, considering notioning? I'm jealous of your journal. My journal? Yeah. It's I am definitely jealous of your journal. I also think, you know, I like to work out. Yeah. And I do sort of wonder if I should be a little bit more like open Ooh. about what workouts I do. Because I played a college sport and I learned all these little activities and stuff. And I have some friends who I think would also like to do gym things. But it's intimidating when you first get in there. You so know? you think about like cataloging and sharing. Cataloging, maybe sharing. Maybe I could get a couple of my other gal pals to do that. You create workouts. Yeah. With them. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Mod Maybe we could do that together yeah. as a team. People we are dressed alike today. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Our listeners oh, yeah, can't hear that. But our Instagram <laughs> followers can. Uh, me, you didn't ask the question, but me, how I would answer this question recipes is something I, I, would, I would think about. I don't, I like re Google certain recipes over yeah, and over yeah, and over yeah. again. Like it's like pickled red onions, this like one like meatball shop, meatball recipe. Like I always like re Google them. Hmm. And 
it probably makes sense to stash them somewhere. Yeah, I bookmark, but I always bookmark feels like 15 years old. Yeah, what if the that webpage also dies? Yeah, yeah. Good it's point. It's gone. You oh, know? great point. You know, you got to keep it for yourself. There we go. Safe. Genius. Hey, if you want to find out more about us, Kevin Bailey, People and Company, you can visit our website, peopleand.company. Also, our book is on Amazon. Woo! We're trying to get 100 reviews. We're trying to get 100 reviews. Help we're, us. we're about 53 <laughs> short right now. It's called Get Together, How to Build a Community with Your People. You can find the URL at gettogetherbook.com. It's chock full of stories and learnings from conversations with community leaders like this one with Camille. With Camille. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, rad. Or you can just say hi to us if you want to. Send us an email. Hi at peopleand.company. Dot company. And last thing, you could also review <laughs> this podcast and subscribe to this podcast. Podcast, which helps more people find the podcast and search and stuff. So that'd be nice. Thank you. Thank you. Wow, I like that. It's very formal. Thank you very much. <laughs>